Welcome to episode 178 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, I wanted to share, I've shared a lot of things I've been doing with my younger students recently, so I wanted to share something I've been doing with my older students. Um, I was looking for something that kind of created a reason for my students to collaborate with each other and use some of their social skills that wasn't something where I was like, pretend that you're in this situation to have to use your social skills. So something that was more um, real life for them or not a scenario, something they actually had to work together. So I found, I thought of logic puzzles. I remembered doing them when I was younger. It's kind of like the same idea as Clue that you have to kind of, you have a chart and you're doing process of elimination. Um, So I found one on Teachers Pay Teachers by uh, Beyond the Worksheet that was Halloween themed. And um It also had a Google edition for it. So then I was able to actually add my students and share it with my students. So I just kind of gave them the reins of it and said, okay, you got to figure out who's going to have what job in the group. Um, One of you maybe read it to the other person. The other person's got to check things off. You have to discuss which one you can eliminate. And it turned out working really well. And I was kind of able to see more of what their real life social skills looked like and where we still needed to work or what they were doing well on. So I think that's definitely one that I'm going to use again. Yeah, that's cool. I remember doing some of those when I was young. I know. I, I haven't loved even it. thought about that. Yeah. I haven't yeah. even thought about that. Yeah. And it was, um, I, it was, I you did it with high school students, so it was definitely something that, like, their skills are far beyond, but then I think mm-hmm. it let them focus on the social aspect of it, that it wasn't something that was too hard for them to do. And I think they had fun with it, too. Awesome. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm working with a, a, a teenager, well, ten, no, not teen. Well, I have a couple of teenagers, but I have a 10-year-old um, who has... Uh, a single-sided deafness and where mm-hmm. she just got a cochlear implant. So we're working on listening with that implant. And so this might be something that we can do be a little yeah. more fun than just, you know, reading sentences and paragraphs right. to her. And we can have her. Yeah. Cause that'd be some be auditory memory that she had to hold mm-hmm. the clue in her brain long enough to be able to check everything off on the boxes. Yeah. Thank you for that. And that's, I'll, I'll, Check that out and do that this Friday. I think I'll see this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, on the podcast today, we have Amy Ganser. And Amy is out in California and is doing some really cool things. And uh, and I think you'll enjoy what she has to say. This episode is brought to you by TheraPlatform. If you're a therapist in private practice looking to spend more time with clients and less time on admin tasks, it may be time to consider automation software. Thera Platform is an all-in-one EHR practice management and teletherapy software built specifically for therapists and it's designed to automate day-to-day tasks. 
Zara Platform offers a free 30-day trial with no credit card required. Visit theraplatform.com today. Well, Amy, welcome to the podcast. Uh, can you share more about uh, your background and your journey to speech-language pathology? Yes, of course. Um, my name is Amy Gamzer. I um, I actually got my degree in musical theater. I went oh, to wow. college for musical theater. Yeah, I got my um, Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. And I moved to New York. I sang on a cruise ship. And then I realized that I wanted um, some more consistency. I wanted a job where I could stay in one place, things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I did research and I come from a, a background of special education teachers. Um, and so I learned about the field of speech language pathology and love the voice aspect because I was a singer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I did a post-bac program and then I got my master's um, at Chapman University in here in California um, in 2018. Ooh. Fairly recently then. Just yeah, right, as, uh, right there before COVID, huh? Yes, exactly. So um, I did my CF. I did my CF in the schools mm-hmm. and I I wanted a medical setting. It was really challenging at the time to find um, a CF position at a medical setting. Yeah. Um, but I had experience in the schools and, and I love working with kids. So um, so I, I did my CF there and I was there for five years. Um, but I did also do a little bit of work in a skilled nursing facility and then at a rehab hospital just so I could kind of continue my skills mm-hmm. in um, that setting too. Sure. So, yeah. And um, yeah, of course, during COVID is when I started doing teletherapy. Yeah. Seems to be everyone's uh, or just about everyone's initiation into (laughs) telepractice for sure. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And we were kind of just pushed into it Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Um, But luckily, I learned to really like it. So I kind of I did all, I did the initial trainings and I was a little bit nervous at first, but once I started getting into it, it was actually really fun. Yeah. It's my message is for people who haven't done it. It can be fun. If you go into it with the right mindset, it can be a lot of fun, but you know, at that point in time, you know, being pushed into it, saying this is the only way we have to, to serve our our patients or our students, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I know it caused lots of anxiety for lots of people because they didn't have that experience and suddenly they have to do it. Yeah. And and I didn't get any experience um, during grad school in, in teletherapy at all. And I was new in my career. So it was all craziness. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I, I really did like it. I did that um, one conference. I think that so many of us did um, right. online right when it happened. And That's like what sixty five thousand people or something were in that conference. <laughs> uh, I remember mm-hmm. broke yeah. some records. So it was really cool. I wish yeah, I'd have thought cool. about that. <laughs> I wish I'd have thought about <laughs> presenting a conference. We started a podcast, but yeah, a conference would have been great too. <laughs> yeah. When did you? When did this podcast start? Was it during COVID? During COVID. Yep. Mm-hmm. So May ish of twenty twenty was when we mm-hmm. started. 
and it was both just me and Todd running around, like, putting out fires, trying to tell people it was going to be okay. And then he said, well, maybe we should start a podcast about this. Yes. And and soon after that is when I started listening to your podcast. So thank you. Oh, long-time oh, wow. listener. Yeah, long time. Great. Yeah, great. It's been a while, so I was so happy um, when you reached out to me. That means she knows all of your secrets, Todd, about the moment of Zen, and you oh, can't no. spring it on her. Oh, no. <laughs> no, but I know that you have A, B, and C, and I know, am I allowed to say that? Yes. Um, and, <laughs> but I should have been more prepared and practiced all the answers to all of them, but I haven't, so. <laughs> yeah, but we added new ones, so you'd, you, yes. you would have been thrown off anyways. There's some new ones in the list. So. Yes, we've updated. <laughs> We've updated. See, we've ran in. We've had people like you who've listened and then remembered and had set answers ready to go. No. So we had to change them. (laughs) So so I'm glad you've been listening. It's uh, it really has been a joy for us. And and it's uh, been uh, wonderful working with with Kim on this and and meeting so many wonderful practitioners. in the field and, and just learning from all of you guys and every week we have a chance to talk to someone really yeah. cool. And mm-hmm. that has been really wonderful for us just to, yeah. you know, stay motivated and to learn something every week. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, uh, in your experience, you've now gone to having a private practice. So what was the motivation to jumping into private practice? Oh, Yes. Um, well, a a lot of things, actually. So working in the schools, um, had its challenges, you know, with large case loads. And, and yes, I had the summers off, which is great. Um, but I just felt like, to be honest, I felt like I couldn't do my very best therapy all the time. Um, just because of those, um, difficulties. Um, but then also I, I, I love working with such a variety of patients. I love working with adults. I really enjoy voice therapy. I like working with kids. Um, I wanted a little bit more flexibility with my schedule. I want to have my own kids in the future. And I'm just thinking about that. Um, just have have dogs, just get dogs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my I have a dog. She's my child, but I feel like one day I want human children too. Dogs, <laughs> just dogs. Dogs. That's all you need. Todd has both. I I don't do dogs. I just have kids. So his suggestion is just go with the dogs. <laughs> well, thank you for your your suggestion. I will think about that. Just, just think about it. Just okay. from from see, I used to have hair before I had kids, you know. Now, now I don't. So, uh, so yeah, I know. I, so I'm just joking. Big, yeah, <laughs> I know. That was a big motivator, though. Just thinking about my future and my schedule and things like that, and then just having like autonomy to see the mm-hmm. clients that I want to see or that I feel like I'm best at treating. Right. Sure. Uh, so lots of different reasons, but. So right now I am doing my private practice. Um, It's in-home therapy and teletherapy at the moment. It's about half the week. And then I am still working at the rehabilitation hospital two uh, two days a week. So I do have kind of both right now. 
My problem is that I like too many things in this field. <laughs> I cannot decide. I'm constantly yeah. learning new things and like, oh, I really want to get into like, um, so I have a couple gender affirming voice clients mm-hmm. now. So I'm learning all about that. And that could be its own private practice. You sure. Know? sure. But I love um, speech sound disorders for kids too. And so that mm-hmm. could be its own private practice. So my problem now is that I like too many things. Um, it's good and bad. I think it's I think it's good overall. I think you probably at some point you'll sort of focus, you'll find that one thing or one or two things that will really inspire you. But I think it's fine to, you know, kind of keep learning and seeing what else is out there. You know, what's what's so interesting is our, our field is changing rapidly. You mm-hmm, know, right. with telepractice, with transgender services and voice related to that. I mean, it's it's our profession changing but also our society is changing and so it's uh it's creating lots of new opportunities and Mm -hmm. and and reasons why we need to learn some new skills yeah exactly i i agree and so yeah and i think teletherapy is a great way to branch these new things people in certain areas may not have the opportunity to get certain types of therapy Mm -hmm. uh, but with teletherapy they can't um however that means that i need to start getting licensed in different places which i haven't done mm-hmm. yet so right now i'm just licensed in california yeah well, kim can help you with that i'm I, well i'm also licensed in california but and that is you're pretty good that's what i've heard like most of the pl- people that cross license people say oh and you should have a california license so you've already got that so you're good <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I've heard that too. It's a little easier if you have that California mm-hmm. license, I've heard. So Yeah, there's just a really big need there, I think, is one of the the mm-hmm. states with the biggest need. Um, but what have you uh so what have you found as like challenges or benefits of using telepractice as part of your uh private practice? Um, yeah, so the one of the benefits is definitely convenience. Um, for me and for some of the families, right? Um, they don't need to drive their, if their child or their spouse to a clinic, mm-hmm. they can, you know, be in their, the comfort of their home. Sometimes just tran- trans, transferring into the car. If it's somebody with like physical disabilities, it can be so time consuming and hard. So, um, it's really convenient and just turn on the computer and they're right there. Um, you know, other benefits is, using things in the home as part of therapy treatment as part of treatment um involving a sibling who's there in the home things like that um as you as you guys know um challenges definitely um those who are not as experienced with technology or that comfortable with technology yeah i actually um some of my newer clients they really want in home. Um, a couple are very far away from me. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying to kind of, you know, let them know the benefits. And right. there's really good research out there about yeah. how teletherapy works. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not for everyone, but for a lot. And so just trying to like educate about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I, can't, I really can't drive so far to see somebody <laughs> in home. 
Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I but I try to accommodate and make, sometimes hybrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we go in home and then do a couple sessions online, and I think that's a really good um, kind of a balance for somebody who's a little bit less excited about um, the technology. Right, right. And I've even seen that with some of the schools that I work with, too. I've had um, IEP meetings recently where the school sounds a very apologetic about the fact that we're doing teletherapy. And it, you know, I it's hard for me to say anything without sounding defensive in there. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of people had like some a bad taste in their mouth of teletherapy from the pandemic. And mm-hmm. they, so they see it as a oh, why, you know, kind of a less than why isn't my kid getting in-person therapy? that would obviously be better and mm-hmm. um so it's it, it's interesting that there is still that need out there even though everyone knows what teletherapy is that doesn't necessarily mean that they know that it's effective and that it is a good way to treat a lot of kids and that i don't know that we're not just placeholders until someone can get in-person therapy yeah 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 that's a mm-hmm. good point in our um so our the webinar that i did um, mm-hmm. teletherapy simulations we did I did try to put a slide in there about research just to show like there is research saying it's affected I mean right. more research is always needed of course um, as we continue but but I think it's important to talk to the if you're working for a school site like everyone the staff should know that it's right. this is a real thing it's not just yes. in in place of or just like um, like you said a placeholder uh, it really can be effective and it's all the materials you can use. I really feel like you can do pretty much, pretty much anything online mm-hmm. as you can do in person. Of course, mm-hmm. we can't do tactile cues, but we can educate the caregiver or someone. Yeah. How to provide certain things like that. So yeah. at the rehab hospital where you are. Are you guys doing telepractice there? So most of my initial evaluations are video visits um, okay. currently. One is because the patients come from all over L.A. County. And so we do the first visit as a video visit. So we can kind of do it's more like an interview, a screening to make sure mm-hmm. that they're um, are in need of an outpatient speech therapy program. Um, if there's any referrals you need to make, things like that, we can do that there. I can start, um, sometimes I could do a standardized assessment online. Um, but usually then if they do need a speech therapy program, then we'll have them come in person after that. For voice therapy, however, um, we do do kind of um, both. We could do video and in person. So one of the things that I uh, have a challenge with right now mm-hmm. is because I'm two days a week, I'm at Akron Children's Hospital. So uh, we have some families there that want uh, telepractice, but we have our electronic medical record system is epic. Mm. And it's a very you know, common one around the country, but and it has its own built in teletherapy telepractice platform now mm-hmm. okay but <clears throat> but most of my patients are children and so do, going out of 
trying to open up uh, other websites in that platform or on that platform because of Epic and HIPAA and all that stuff, the hospital limits that. So it becomes really frustrating for us because we will find something like when we're not at the hospital, oh, this is a good website. This is a good, you know, something we can play. You know, we get in the hospital, we can't use it because um, it, you know, it's blocked. So I was just, you know, looking for if you run into any of that um, and just right. trying to and go ahead. If you you were using an iPad, for example, it's not able to connect to share to that iPad then or, we or have it's part of the same Internet. And so the Internet system is right. blocking. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're we're trying to be creative, try to come up with some ways that we can either you know save the game or the activity to our desktop but that's not always and we're not always able to do that because the game is on the website yeah. and it's not right. sep- you can't you know save it separately so right. it's just I- one of those things that we're trying to work through so you can use pdfs though mm-hmm. right and things like that mm-hmm. but just some of those interactive games you need to be on the website so that's tricky yeah yeah, yeah and i'm sure you use maybe real objects in real games and things like that as much as you can. Um, yeah. Yep. I remember um, we were using in the schools um, zoom zoom mm-hmm. has great features. Right. And then, um, but then for a little while they were having us use Google meet because um, mm-hmm. of Google classroom and all of those things. And then Google meet um, some of the features they didn't mm-hmm. have as well as zoom. So you kind of have to adapt to whatever system you're using, which is going to be tricky. Right. Right. Or like I was used to this, the um, other side having control, screen control. Right. Mm-hmm. But on I think Google Meet and, and probably on the, uh, the the hospital system, there's no remote right. access. Control. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. if you have uh, kids that have Chromebooks, too, that's what a lot of schools sent kids home with Chromebooks when they were um, doing the distance learning and yeah, someone described a Chromebook as a laptop, but broken. And that was like the best description <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I, no. I, had, I wrestled with a Chromebook this past week, actually. And it was like, yep. it just wasn't happening. Yeah, because they, they can't do, even if you're on Zoom and have the ability to do the the uh, remote control, the Chromebooks couldn't do it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So in my um, the rehab hospital right now, I'm not seeing any kids virtually so um yeah so i don't really have any helpful tips for that but i think our video platform um that we do use so we use orchid Mm -hmm. um and so it's also built in and and i can screen share things um but because of the the types of patients i'm seeing we haven't done any of the fun games or anything so mostly just like pdfs or showing sharing um you know protocols and things like that but so it's pretty basic yeah right right so talk to me a little bit about simulation and <laughs> telepractice. <laughs> and so you, you'd mentioned before that you had avatars and, uh, and the individual would sort of learn by interacting with an avatar or controlling the avatar and working through different levels, I, w- I would assume. Yeah. Well, so this was a uh, recorded webinar that we did. Mm-hmm. So me and my partner, um, we took turns. One of us would be the therapist and the other would be the child or the client. And so when we were 
So the therapist would be um, a teacher avatar and the child would be, or the client would be the, the, the avatar that looked like the child or the client. Um, and we would kind of just like share on the screen what we would share in a regular therapy session. So it wasn't interactive as in like the audience wasn't doing anything. We were just showing kind of what it could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, some examples of a fluency session, of a individual session. We tried to do a group session, but since there's only one person, you can only have mm-hmm. one avatar. <laughs> you can only have the right. amount of avatars of people, right? So, um, so that the group, we were kind of like, hmm, I wonder how we could fix this in the future. We would love to do a part two, actually, of that um, webinar. So we're kind of in touch and thinking about what we could do in the future because we, you know, we just touched on the basics. There's so much mm-hmm. more we, in depth we can get. Um, oh, but yeah. that's what we did as far as avatar. But there is something called simucase. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, simucase, right? Is that mm-hmm. kind of sounds like what you're describing? Uh, it's um, it's very useful. We do use it in our graduate program. And, and certainly through COVID, we had to really use it to get some hours for our students. Oh, yeah. um, but in terms of specific tele i think they've now added some specific telepractice cases that Mm -hmm. you work through but it's you know ideally it would be sort of like uh different points the person in training would make different selections and then see they would see how that that choice plays out and maybe maybe a video or something happens and Uh you know whatever you know the system crashes or something because they made the wrong choice right <laughs> you there's know, a but, technical difficulty what do you do in this situation right right and and so it's it's but you know doing something at that level would take some tremendous resources and time and and really thinking through every step and all those different the decision points uh for the for the learner who's sitting there trying to figure it all out um, I did run across, there was a presentation at ASHA this past year, and I think it's actually in Ireland. They've actually set up something very similar to that, and it's free. I need to find the, the website and go look at it again. But they have uh, set up a simulation for telehealth, and you can kind of go through it. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of basic, based, you know, because we all have experience doing this. And so it's very basic, but it's, you know, it's, it's a place for some people to start. And it's certainly something that give, it certainly gave me some ideas of how we could maybe build on something like that, but uh, they've done some things like that. And so I'm always trying to figure out how we can uh, do some type of simulation with telepractice and train Mm -hmm. our students better and, and, yeah, do different things like that and give them different experiences. Yeah, that's that's great. That's great. I feel like students now, I would think, are very tech savvy and pick Mm -hmm. up things related to teletherapy um, easier than than some people who have been doing speech therapy for a long time and had never had the experience before. I I think what's a challenge for them is, uh, and Kim can can turn back time and, and speak to this. They are learning how to do therapy. Mm-hmm. Just 
any kind of therapy. And then right. when we layer on, now you have to do it on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for some students, it's like, yes, I can do that. And others, it's like, oh, hell no. I don't know how to do it in person yet. And now yeah. you want me yes. to do this over here. Yes. You know, and so some of them get really stressed out about doing it, even though they're, you know, with with the generation constantly online and constantly right. connected, mm-hmm. trying to get them to put that whole, you know, diagnostics and therapy into that world of connectivity and being online. It kind of is a step too far for some of them, at least yeah. at this this point. You know, mm-hmm. as they get a little more experience clinically, then they can maybe go in that direction. Others, you know, within, you know, showing them a few things, they've gone off and found materials and developed their own materials and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends on the individual. But but I would say some of them are a little um, sort of deer in the headlights, you know, trying to figure out what do I do? You know, how do I turn this on and how do I move things around and you know yeah. and we're you were doing multiple things at once take you know taking data and controlling the video and observing right. this, the client and um you know paying attention to so many things at once um it is it's hard to get used to um at first yeah i, I can see that yeah New i was gonna say it's, it's kind of that thing that you don't know how to do it until you just do it which i can see as an advantage of doing something like a simulator and practicing with somebody else and getting that feedback is that one of the benefits you saw or what else did you see from uh uh, the simulation and practicing with it yeah so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do a simulation because Mm -hmm. because we thought you know we can tell people this information but like what does a session actually look like um right I feel like that feels ambiguous to a lot of people. What is it? But what do you do? What does it look like? Right, right. And so that's why we kind of added it into our into our presentation. We got some, we got good feedback. I got to read through some of the feedback after. Um, so and it was it was great to uh, practice with my with Robin. Uh, we had fun playing around with it. Um, so yeah, I think it was useful to a lot of people and and I'm glad it worked out. Um, and that was through, uh, SLP toolkit. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which, um, when I was in the schools, I I did use that, which is really useful and helpful. I'm not using it anymore Mm -hmm. just because, um, so for my private practice, I'm using, um, simple practice Mm -hmm. at the moment, but there's so many, there's so many out there that you can use, um. Yeah, I feel like SLP Toolkit is very kind of like schools focused. So I've used it in, um, I use it for contracting with, I have one school that I contract with as well. And so that's been um, helpful for that. And I know that uh, there's a in-person speech therapist that's waiting on a license. So she's kind of like working with me with students right now. And she'll take over uh, the students I'm seeing online. And she just got it as well. And so I I think it's um, a lot of people are seeing like the need and uh, where it's helpful. So we love SLP Toolkit. Yeah. Yeah. The scheduling feature is good. And then lesson planning i didn't use the lesson planning all the time i used it more for um scheduling and and, and progress 
progress, the progress measures on there are amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really helpful because when you have a lot of students and you don't have that much time to plan, um, it was really useful. Mm-hmm. Well, Amy, I think it's time <laughs> for your moment of Zen. Okay. What list do you want? A, B, or C? Um, B. B. Ooh, I thought you would go A for Amy, but B. <laughs> I feel like B. It's right in the middle. Mm. Yeah. I think it's our most common one. Mm. People but are trying to. We like it. Yeah, they're 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 trying to kind of, I don't know work their way through this and, and not have tough questions. And so they think <laughs> B is the easiest or, the you know, kind of milder. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, here we go. Would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Yikes. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I mean, both. Can I say both? I, yeah. I would say I'm more of an introvert because um, I need time t- to myself. I like to socialize. I like to talk, but then I definitely need that time. Like it sucks energy out of me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. That's that you just described me <laughs> to a T. Um, mm-hmm. I need that alone time to recharge, decompress, uh, recharge. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's the best compliment you've received? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that I think I've been told that I'm <laughs> genuine, I guess. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> I have one. I You're have genuine. one to add. I'm going to add one since she said that she was a musical theater major. <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite musical to watch and the favorite oh. role that you've ever had? Ooh. Um, I really love the musical Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. It's an epic story and the music's so wonderful and it's so dramatic and the sets and mm-hmm. everything with the big helicopter. Um, so Miss Saigon. And then for me, when I was in college, I did the musical Violet, which was an off-Broadway musical, I think 1990 something. Um, and so, and I got to play Violet. That was my lead role in college. Very nice. So look up Violet the Musical. I will do that. So are, are there pirated video online somewhere that <laughs> I don't think so. I think my mom has a couple clips oh. that she kind of in, but um, of me, but um, no. Okay, that's a, I have. I think I have a new favorite that I just saw recently. It's Bright Star. Ooh, and, I've heard um, the music. Yeah, my um nieces actually they have a great high school theater program that it's always been like. I can't believe I'm watching high school kids do it, but they just did Bright Star uh, this past year, and I was like, I think that's one of my new favorites. It kind of came out the same time as Hamilton, so I feel like it got overshadowed, but it was Steve Martin who actually wrote it, and it's really good. 
pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, I remember listening to the music. It was really good, but I've never seen it. So hopefully yeah. I'll get a chance. Yeah, I've been awesome. watching for it for because I want to see it again. Very good. Um, next question. What is your greatest fear? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, greatest fear. I mean, losing someone that I love. Sure. Like losing my, I'm engaged to be married. So I guess it would be lo- losing my significant other. Yeah. You sure you want to do that? Just play the field. Just play the field. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Play the field. Just, just have a few of dogs. advice today. <laughs> yeah. Dogs That's what you need to do. Field. That's funny. So we cover all kinds of topics here. Marriage counseling, relationships, all that stuff. Um, oh, here's a good question. What do people misunderstand most about you? Mm. Oh, um, I'm, ooh, people, I'm thinking about my fiance now. What do people misunderstand? Well, Maybe people, I, I come across usually as like very happy, like I'm always happy, but I'm definitely not always happy. Like I have my moments, right? We have sure. our challenges, personal challenges that we're going through, but I do try my best to put on a positive attitude, have a positive attitude. Um, so I would say that people are always saying like, oh, you're just so happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that would be it. Not always the case. Huh? No. Yeah. Um, let's see. What superpower would you choose to have? Um, I would choose to, I guess I would choose to fly. Um, I like to travel and if I could fly, I could just fly over to the place that I want to go to. I wouldn't have to like travel via, go to the airport. I could just be there faster. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Um, do you have a favorite quote or a saying that you like or a motto that you live by? Well, I try to, I, I listen, sometimes I listen to a mindfulness podcast. And so they say, um, you know, be in the present moment. Sure. And that's really helped me. Mm-hmm. Stay in the present. You don't always think about, have to think about the past or the future um, when that causes anxiety, right? So like focus on what's in front of you and think mm-hmm. about the present moment. It helps me um, stay calm and be in the moment with my clients and things like that. And related to that, I I have some that I listen to as well. And what I've always sort of tried to internalize is that um, we only have the present moment. There's no guarantee of the future, right? So we only have right now. And so that just kind of, when I heard someone say that, it was like, you know they're right. We we have we, we you spend so much time worried about what we did or didn't do. You know how mm-hmm. you know, 
or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we only have right now. Yeah. So that helps, yeah, helps me as well. So I, I like that. Um, what makes you laugh the most? Um, my dog, when my dog jumps <laughs> in, uh, on top of me, um, and tries to kiss me <laughs> or when she's like playing with a toy in a really silly way. Very good. Yeah. Um, so your fiance doesn't have a sense of humor. See, already a strike against him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, just, the dog's, just the an dog's observation. Than the, the dog's the funnier fiance. than the fiance. No, but oh. actually, it is funny the way they play together. Like, oh. play the toy. That's a good to play sign. Her, and then, yeah. You're, you're, you're throwing him a lifeline there, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is Do you have a hack? that you've discovered that works well. It could be a hack for anything around the oh, house. Oh, I thought you said hat. Oh, a hack. Oh, a hack. <laughs> a hack. Um, this isn't necessarily a hack, but um, there's a lot of apps on my phone that I use as like for organization, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use my alarm a lot. Um, I recently feel like maybe I have an attention deficit. I, I don't know if this is real or if it's just because I watch videos about it. Now I think I have it myself um, with technology and everything. But um, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's a hack, but um, just using my alarms for reminders and my notes app for reminders. Um, that's what comes to mind. I feel like there might be such thing as like technology induced ADHD. And if there is, I feel like I have it. I have lost the ability to do one thing at a time. Right. It's true. And, and I, um, some of my clients at the, at re, uh, the rehab hospital, like we are working on attention, actually memory and attention. And mm-hmm. so it's making me realize like, Oh, this type of attention is what I struggle with or. <laughs> These are some things that I strategies, you know, I'm teaching them and I'm like, oh, I really need to be doing these things myself as well. So it's been interesting. That's great. Well, as as a father of a 25 year old who's just been diagnosed with ADHD, (laughs) um, there is, I think people are now discovering as adults that they should have been diagnosed a long time ago. Uh, and maybe was labeled something else, you know, and uh, certainly with my son and he's, he's now getting uh, treated for that. And it certainly made a big difference with him. Oh, wow. so I, I think there's a, a new or becoming more aware of adults that were undiagnosed earlier. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. there's more of that happening now. Oh, good. Well, I'm happy for him. I'm glad that yeah. he's seen improvement. <clears throat> yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> um, welcome. Here's all the people that love you and you get to spend the rest of your time forever and ever with them and oh. all of your past pets and dogs. Especially- <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You got to put the dogs in there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you get to spend the rest of time with all of those people and pets. She still didn't mention the the fiancé. 
He's in included in the loved ones. Oh. <laughs> she was talking about grandparents and aunts and uncles and all that. She was so fiance, sibling. <laughs> okay. Okay. Again, another lifeline. Well, Amy, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been great getting to know you and hearing more about simulation and your private practice. And good luck with everything you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. I want to thank Amy for joining us on the podcast. Go check out what she's doing over at speechtherapywithamy.com. I'm sure you will be impressed. And... Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. We will be back again next week with another exciting episode. If you don't mind, leave us a five-star review. That helps us to uh, attract new listeners and moves us up a little bit in the rankings. It's always helpful. And until next week, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.